is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are you on a Tuesday? Nope, can't answer it. I'm doing a show. Sorry, buddy. I'm doing a podcast. What's happening? How are you? I'm going to turn that on mute. It's Tuesday. It's the 17th. It's Sports Betting Daily. The whole intro. What's going on out there? On today's show, look, uh, Tuesdays are usually for Concept Tuesday, right? A little easier, a little beginner, a little more intermediate uh, Concept Tuesday. Uh, Today we'll go over, you know, just kind of a basic concept that I think a lot of people struggle with once they start with sports betting, kind of keep things light. And then uh, the last half of the show, we'll kind of do some handicapping, talk about some of these hockey games starting tonight, these hockey series starting tonight, and uh, what I think is some of these matchups. So all that and more on today's show. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, Special thanks to Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is the best place to make player prop bets. You're going to make more money betting player props with Thrive Fantasy than you are anywhere else. Plus, it's more fun. It's a lot more fun. I guarantee that. So check out thrivefantasy.com or download the app, Thrive Fantasy. Put in promo code SBD. That's the important part. We get a little bit of credit for sending you guys, and uh, you get a big bonus, a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SBD. All right, so let's uh, get to it. Get some of this stuff out of the way. I had some Taco Bell yesterday. My Taco Bell cup still here. I think that was the first time I had Taco Bell in probably like three or four years. It was great. It was awesome. I had a bean burrito, got a steak chalupa. I'm telling you what, I may, I may, I may have to add Taco Bell to the list a few more times a week. It was good. I don't know. Uh, what does George Costanza say in that Seinfeld? I don't know what she puts in those eggs. Right? It's like I don't know what's in there, but. It is good. All right. Either way, uh, moving on to today's show. Uh, look, I, I like the excitement that a lot of you show around sports betting, right? It's it's growing, obviously, across the country. There's a lot of people getting more and more into sports betting that were never in it before. And I think that's a good thing for a couple of reasons. One, I just like it because I understand it. I know how fun it can be. I know how... Uh, it can make sports, you know, a lot more interesting and exciting when you may not be interested in the first place. So I get all that. Uh, but from a more, a more practical point of view, you know, it's it's better for me when more people are involved. You know, when the average sports better is putting more dollars into the system, it's easier for me to stay afloat, to stay betting at certain casinos and sports books longer than I may have previously. So that's actually a good thing for me. More people, more dollars. But I do like the fact that people get excited about it. People are invested in it. You know, I'm in a... Uh, NHL bracket sort of challenge, okay, this season. I'm doing it with my buddies who like the NHL. You know, I mean, that's the definition of average sports bettors, right? A group of my friends who who just really enjoy the sport, who bet a lot on it. And they talk a lot in this group about sports betting and the odds and the, the percentages and what the odds should be. And I find it fascinating because, you know, again, it's I highly doubt any of them listen to this podcast. I don't think they do, so I <laughs> I hope not. But I mean, the reality is, it is you know a bunch of square betters, right? I mean, even if you're winning money a little bit here or there at a time, you know, it's 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 just a different world. You know, doing this full time for a living, making sure I can't answer right now, buddy. Uh, doing this full time for a living. And, uh, you know, relying on sports betting to pay your bills, your income, your mortgage, and then doing it as a hobby, obviously. But I I think it's awesome seeing how they talk about 
there's value here. This looks like there's value here. There's perceived, and that's a good thing because that's what you want, right? That's what you want anyone who you know who has money doing this to be to be approaching it that way, smartly, looking at value, looking for edges, looking for where the market may be wrong. And it's kind of funny, you know. Uh, I, again, today, yesterday seeing some of my buddies talk about value and the assumption of value and things like that. And the more, the more I talk to people, I find that more and more people are talking and acting and, and, and approaching sports betting like that, right? Where you get on your sports book, you start scrolling, and then you try and find where things are wrong. And my show today is going to be about just being careful doing that, right? Being careful assuming that any lines are incorrect. The assumption of value can be a very, very damaging thing. Now, short term, as we've talked about, it's not a huge deal, any one series, any one game. But when you just assume value without any mathematical approach, it gets very, very tough. That's why I've said on this show many times before, I am a strong, firm believer that if you don't know how to do complex math and, and code computers and, you know, again, write computer code and do very, very intricate things to get a base, a starting point for a lot of these numbers, it's pretty much impossible for anyone to eyeball whether there's value or not in these things, in these situations. You know, again, it's a good thing. It's a good training system. It's a good mindset to have. Oh, there's their value here. Is there not? And talk through it with your buddies. But being part of this text group reminded me that this happens a lot where people get involved and whether you've been sports betting for 10 years or 10 months or 10 days, there's a certain level of comfortability and maybe a little bit of cockiness that gets involved. And people just start treating this like, like they know a whole lot more than they do. And so you just have to be careful getting in the mindset of thinking that, and I think a lot of us do this with everything and especially sports, right? Cause sports is built on debates and having debates with your buddies and who know who knows the most and who can regurgitate the most and who understands the most about that. But as I've said before, the knowledge about any given sport is very, very meaningless in profitable sports betting. You know, if you know how a one, three, one neutral zone trap works, or if you know every player on every roster, if you know everything that's really inconsequential and in the larger scheme, what's much more important is understanding data and statistics, having the ability to collect data and split that data up and collect and organize it and create your own statistics and look at the game from a very analytical point of view. You know, I always tell this story. One of the best, most notable, most famous handicappers of all time who, who won and crushed Las Vegas betting baseball used to call Albert Pujols, Albert Pudgels. You know, he didn't know their names. He didn't know anything about them. But what he knew is that whenever there was a man on second, this Albert Pudgels got up to bat, his on-base percentage combined with slugging was one of the best in the league. That's what he knew, right? Who cares if you can pronounce his last name? What matters is, is everything translating into dollars and cents? Can you make a living doing this? That's really what matters. So what I found to be the case is those who know the sports the most are actually some of the worst at, at, at betting these sports because they get caught up in the narratives and narratives don't drive the market, right? That's the whole idea. Let, let, let's use an example in, in hockey. Okay. Let's say tonight for the Tampa Bay Lightning, their goalie, Andre Vasilevsky is ruled out. Well, a lot of people may bet against the Lightning. And when you ask them, why are you betting against the Lightning? Well, it's because their goalie's out. Not understanding that if something that popular, that public, that noticeable, has already been mentioned in the news, it's accounted for in the line. Right, that's like buying a car that should be worth fifty thousand dollars, and there's a you know ten thousand dollars worth of work for it, 
and you're going, yeah, I'm only spending $40,000 for this $50,000 car. It's a bargain. Well, no, it's not a bargain because you have $10,000 of work. It's actually a fair value price, right? So that's how we evaluate things. If, if something's already accounted for in the market, there, by definition, there's no value in us betting in whatever piece of information that is. And that's one thing that a lot of people forget. They're betting on these series because X, Y, and Z, not really understanding that things are already priced into the market. But my point of today's show is just be careful, be cautious. Whenever you assume value, whenever you assume something to be true and it's not, or you assume the market's off, I hear this all, that, that, that's probably the one thing I hear from my friends who are kind of getting into sports betting and put dab in their toe is they call me and they say, hey, I see this line, it looks like there's value. You know, and in, in a lot of the times I'll just say, hey, awesome, bet it. You know, but if I do have a conversation and we get to the point of like, well, why is there value? They don't really have an answer why I think it should be this instead of this. You know, it, it's very difficult without a mathematical approach to assume value and to assume that something looks really juicy just based on the market. And I mean, a hockey market is a lot softer than others, but still, it's a very, very dangerous place to be, to, to, to be in. So overall, just be careful with your approach. Be very humble in the way you approach. If you want to make money, if you want to really do a good job of beating the market long-term, you've got to be very careful assuming value. All right, let's talk about some of these games tonight. The NHL second round kicks off tonight. Uh, Tampa Bay, Florida, and St. Louis, Colorado. Let's start off talking about Tampa Bay, Florida, because I am going to give a pick out. I'm going to give the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight uh, plus 140. I'm also going to give a parlay that I understand it's going to be really tough to make. I couldn't make this on any website except one. I found one sports book I'm a part of that allowed me to make this parlay. And the reason is, in my opinion, it's very strongly correlated. And anytime you have correlation in a parlay, it's usually shut down. That's why these whole same game parlay things that these sports books are promoting all the time, you can make same game parlays, but you're going to get paid out less than you would in a typical parlay. They just take away any percentage of profit you're going to make to make sure it's a good bet for them with the same game parlay. So that's not what I'm talking about. You can still get on BetMGM, some of these places, and make a same-game parlay. You're not going to get the right value making it on as you would naturally and organically as if it were a normal parlay. So it's going to be tough to find, but I think there is a strong correlation to Tampa Bay winning and the under 6.5 coming in. This is a really interesting series. So both Tampa Bay and Florida, they both kind of have inflated stats in the regular season. And it's only because, look, just because you have inflated stats doesn't mean you're a bad team. So I want to be careful with that because actually the Colorado Avalanche, who we'll talk about in a second, also have inflated stats because they play at altitude. Okay, so just because you are a team that may have inflated stats from time to time or season to season doesn't make you a bad team. So I just want to put that out there. But I do think both Florida and Tampa Bay have slightly inflated stats for their home production this year. And the reason is simple. Most teams in the NHL, for their scheduling purposes, end up playing Tampa Bay and then Florida or Florida then Tampa Bay right after one another. And it's usually after a long road trip, a lot of travel. And so, you know, again, what happens is if you're from wherever, if it's the Northeast or the, you know, the West Coast, or it's, it's a lot to fly down to Florida, right? For, for the LA Kings, it's a long road trip. So what they'll do usually if the LA Kings go on the road, they'll play maybe a Carolina and maybe, you know, another team down there in the Atlantic and then they'll and then they'll play Florida and then Tampa and then come home. 
Well, what ends up happening is that by the time you get to that second road game, whether it is Florida or Tampa, you've just gotten beat up by a very good team. Both these teams are elite, Florida and Tampa. In my power rankings, they're both top six. So very, very good hockey teams. So you've just had a long road trip, a a very tough game against one of these teams, and then you have to follow it up either on a back-to-back or after a day's rest against the other team. So by definition, over the course of that happening all season long, Tampa and Florida are getting peppered occasionally with tired, worn-out opponents who aren't giving their 100% effort. So based on that, both these teams at home, I have to slightly discount, okay, or, or downgrade. And just because, again, I said Florida is slightly overrated at home, and so will Tampa be when they're at home in this series, that is something we have to pay attention to. doesn't make them a bad team, but I think it's very, very real. Uh, Florida right now being priced is the heavy favorite game one. The current line is Florida minus 165. And I think this is a little heavy on Florida for a couple of reasons. As I said, when they're at home, they have had a bit of, of you know, overinflated stats this year. And there is no flat home ice advantage that you adjust. Everything that I do is independent of one another. So when Tampa Bay's at home in this series, we'll completely restart our handicap for Tampa Bay's home stats and Florida's away stats, okay? But right now, slight downgrade for Florida uh, because, again, they're playing at home, and we talk, we just talked about that. Uh, Tampa Bay, they were banged up this season, and I think that they had a slow start because it's hard to win two Stanley Cups in a row and come out hungry that third season. I think it's natural what we saw from Tampa Bay this year. And the fact they took their, you know, kind of took their foot or didn't start the season with their foot on the gas fully, um, banged up a lot of the year, built for the playoffs, built for these kind of matchups. I'm going to kind of give Tampa a bit of a pass for not having these great stats in the regular season. And again, I have to reiterate this because Tuesday is for newer sports bettors. I'm not doing this the other way around. I didn't say I like Tampa and then I found all these reasons. All these reasons led me to Tampa and now I'm just going backwards and rewinding it for all of you on the podcast. So it's not like I had some preconceived idea and then led me to all these stats. That's what a lot of people do. It was the other way around. Uh, So I think that Tampa, actually, when you start looking at numbers and plugging numbers in, I think that they're a little underrated this series. I think they're built for the playoffs. Tampa Bay has the ability to slow things down and make Florida uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is Tampa Bay's got one of the best neutral zone traps in the entire league. They've had it that 1-3-1. They pretty much created it. It's called the Tampa Neutral Zone Defense. They're very good at it. And if you look so far in the playoffs, Tampa Bay is the number three defense. In, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is regular season two. The number three exit defense for when other teams have the puck in their own zone. So Tampa makes it very tough for you to get out of your own zone into the neutral zone. In that same statistic, uh, controlled exit percentage for Florida, Florida's controlled exit percentage, they were 30th this year, almost last in the NHL, controlling the puck, getting it to neutral ice. So that's going to be a big deal this series. Can the Lightning muddy up Florida's transition? Can they make it tough on Florida to get up the ice and control the puck? And if so, it could be a long series for Florida. And uh, believe it or not, even though Tampa Bay went seven games in the first round, and Florida went six. Florida had, you know, some good six-one. You know, a couple good games against uh, 
Washington in the first round. And I, I was more impressed with Tampa. I thought they had a tougher opponent in Toronto. I mean, the Maple Leafs just, they were, you talk about a hungry team in the playoffs. That was Tampa, or that was Toronto. And so for Tampa to come out, I know it went seven games, but I think they kind of snapped them into it, into this playoff mentality again. A team was built for the playoffs who can play both offensively and defensively. They can go up the ice and move quick and spread things out, or they can be physical and slow things down. And that's where I think they have a slight advantage in this series. Now, Braden Point is likely out tonight for game one. But uh, it's not the only injury in this in this series. The Florida uh, Florida's going to be without Mason Marchment, which I mean, it's not near the loss that Point is. But you know, I mean, he was playing 16 minutes a game. He had a goal for Florida in the first series. So overall, I just think what we're getting here is an overreaction to Florida's great stats this year and Braden Point being out for Game One. So we'll go Tampa Bay Game One plus 140. And I do kind of like the uh, parlay if you can make it too with the under. But definitely Tampa, plus 140 for that handicap. All right, uh, the next game, St. Louis-Colorado tonight. This is a really, really interesting matchup. Now, Colorado, last couple of years, obviously not really able to get out of the of where they should have been in the playoffs. I mean, they've been one of the best teams for, for years in the Western Conference and don't have the playoff success to, to match it. On the other side, you've got a St. Louis team that has a lot of veterans, a lot of playoff, a lot of, a lot of players with a lot of playoff success. And my raw number before I start chipping anything away is about Colorado minus one seventy, minus one eighty. So when I start looking, start taking in all these factors into account, you know, factors like uh, the fact that Colorado. 23rd in hits this year. That's been one of their downfalls the last couple of years. They're not physical enough. They don't like to hit. Well, St. Louis, actually, they were 28th this year in hits per game. So St. Louis isn't a team that loves to hit. And on top of that, Minnesota-St. Louis in the first round had the fewest hits of any series per game in the first round. So that's a big deal. The fact that Colorado could actually potentially play the bully in this series, a role they're not used to if it comes to that. Now, what I think we see is slightly more open ice than you would get in a, a typical second-round matchup. But the Blues are not some slough that the Colorado is just going to run through. And that's kind of what you're seeing in the pricing. Look, Colorado is absolutely inflated in this pricing. If you want to bet on the Avalanche, you're paying a premium. Now, as we've talked about before, I, I like to you know, kind of use my car sales analogy. If there's a one-of-a-kind car out there, and you, it's tough to get, and you know you've been trying for a long time. Maybe you pay a little bit more, right? This whole Xbox thing, right? Aren't people having a hard time getting Xboxes and Playstations? And so what you're seeing is people resell them for more, and people are willing to pay six hundred or seven hundred dollars for a system that may be worth four or five hundred just because they really want it. And so just because the abs are expensive doesn't necessarily make them a bad play, but by definition, it's tough to get to them to being an advantage play. I do, however, think that there's a lot of things going for Colorado this series, especially early in the series. They've, they've had the layoff, the week layoff, which means different things in different sports. There's no hard data that I've found to support layoffs mean anything short of a first period, maybe slow first period. If you're looking to bet St. Louis, maybe look to take them in the first period, but Colorado kind of like we talked about with Tampa Bay, really banged up this season. Really, and I look, I know all teams are injured. Okay, so so was St. Louis. So it's not like all these teams were healthy and Colorado and Tampa weren't, but Colorado didn't play with their full roster for many games at all this year. I mean, it was, I could probably count on one hand. Colorado had a full, healthy roster, and that's what they are right now. 
And on the other side of things, Colorado hasn't really shown their hand. Jared Bednar's got a lot of stuff up his sleeve that he's learned the last couple of years, ways to approach the playoffs that we just haven't seen yet from Colorado. And on, on, on St. Louis's end, they just got done with a seven-game series. Or what did it go, six games? We saw St. Louis show a lot that series. Minnesota played tough. They played well. But St. Louis was playing better and better. I mean, their combined score the last three games, 15-6, to six, something like that, 15-7. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but St. Louis is playing very, very good right now. So I'm not rushing to bet Colorado, but I'm also not rushing to bet St. Louis. I don't have a best bet this game. If I had to lean, honestly, I'd probably lean towards Colorado minus 220 and pay that premium just because I think that everything built up the last couple of years, you're, lead, you're, you're leading to, or you're, you're, you've led to the best team in the league being the most focused they've been, the most healthy they've been, just ready to go with so much to fight for. And if anything, I think St. Louis may be a little tired after that hard-fought series with Minnesota. Again, fewest hits of any series in the NHL. That doesn't mean it's a cupcake game out there. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Again, I think the hits mean a lot. If Colorado wants to get physical, I think they do have a bit of an advantage here. Obviously, goaltending play means a lot in every series, but it's going to be important for the Avs to get off to a hot start. And if St. Louis steals any of these games in the first couple of of, of uh, game one or game two, watch out because you start to wonder, you start to doubt. Could be trouble for Colorado. But uh, no real thoughts on the, the picks for tonight for that series, but those are my thoughts on the series and the game one matchup overall. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Betting Daily.